Welcome to Ariel Talk Time, hosted by business intuitive, entrepreneur, and founder of Ariel, Victoria Lynn Weston. Listen to her thought-provoking interviews with inspiring leaders, creators, and intuitive thinkers who share their stories and lifestyle tips to enhance your way of living. And we're inviting you to join our conversation. If you like this interview, please post a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Before I introduce my guest, I want to give a shout out to Studio Carlton. They are the producers and developers of custom Alexa skills. For those of you who are looking into the future, and who isn't, developing a custom Alexa skill that meets your customer needs can be an effective way to support your business mission. If your business is considering entering the voice market, a custom Alexa skill could be a perfect jumping off point to expand your brand and gain recognition on a innovative voice platform. Go to studiocarlton.com, learn all about it. And if you want to reach out to them directly, then send an email, partner at studiocarlton.com. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the secrets to having good credit for women? Well, actually, April is Financial Literacy Month, and we're going to learn a whole lot about how women and men can boost their credit scores. My guest today is expert Rod Griffin. He happens to be the Director of Public Education for Experian, one of the top three credit bureaus. So we're going to talk about new innovative ways to boost your credit score, and we're going to go look at some of the myths about how credit scores are actually calculated. And it's all really exciting, inspiring news. So let's go connect with Rod Griffin and learn about Experian Boost. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And we are happy to have you here today. My first question is going to be that there's probably a lot of people out there that don't know there's actually a difference between a credit report and a credit score. Can you explain the difference? Two things I always tell people they need to understand. The first is that the credit report and the credit score are not the same thing. Uh-huh. And so people confuse that. And, and the way to think of it really is your credit report, and it's in simple terms, is that your credit report is like a school paper that you write. The credit score is like the grade the teacher gives you, and the teacher is kind of like the lender. Uh-huh. So you, a credit score just reflects the information in your credit report. So if you take care of that credit report, you can have good scores. Uh, that said, there are some things that are changing that actually may help you get better scores right away. And uh, you know, I think that's what's really amazing in our world right now, uh, in the credit reporting world and for, for people. I think it's exciting that, that they have someone like you because I've never heard of anybody that comes out and really tries to explain, you know, credit reporting and, and the score and all that. Now, what I understand is Experian has a new program and it's called Experian Boost. Yes, and it's probably the most innovative new service in our industry, at least in the last two decades, because I've been with Experian 22 years. Uh, so... It's incredibly exciting, and what it does is, for the very first time, lets you have your positive cell phone payments, your positive utility payments, so things like natural gas or electricity, reported to Experian to help boost your credit score, and that's never been done before. That is exciting. It's exciting if, you, if you're on the positive side of that. Thankfully, I am, but there's probably a lot of people that maybe aren't you know so excited so if they don't want to have that uh cell phone bill on there can they opt not to include that then or or is that on the positive side yes the irony is the negative information Mm -hmm. was getting to your credit report so it would go to a collection agency for example 
or they would report the negative information. So your cell phone payments could hurt you. But I've had people ask all the time, well, why if I paid my cell phone bills on time for, for all these years, does it not help me when the negative payments, the late payments could hurt me? And that's what we've tried to address. I get and, it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and, and what's really interesting about it is that you give us permission. So you control it as the individual consumer and can tell us, I want to add this payment or, you know, my utility or my cell phone. And if you change your mind, you can tell us to stop. So you have complete control over it, too. Well, that's great. Now, I understand there's 100 million consumers that either have thin credit files or no credit history at all. So this goal is to help consumers across the country build a credit uh, report, a better score, so to speak. And it is because, as you know, a lot of people date today. They base each other like on their on their credit score, <laughs> unlike the old days where it was really if you like people. So I think that's that's sort of interesting. So tell me more about the uh, Experian Boost. Yeah, so Experian Boost uh, is really targeted. You mentioned that you see that 680 score and you want to know how to get better. And that's really where Experian Boost kicks in most powerfully. What you do is you go to Experian.com slash boost. It's completely free. And you tell us, I want to add my cell phone payment or my utility payment. You'll tell us who those companies are. And you'll tell us what, what bank account you pay it from. So we're then going to be able to go in with your permission, capture that payment each month and pull it into your credit report so that it shows that on-time payment as an account, which will then boost your credit scores. And what we're seeing, our scores are for on average being boosted 10 points or more, often 12 or 15. And I actually heard from a person who said they saw their score go 33 points. That's um, incredible. In, in, in one shot, yeah. Because we know that the credit score is really important. That helps you get good interest rates if you're buying a car or leasing a car. And we know about even just regular old professional office lease, leasing and mortgages as well. So that could be just the one that puts somebody over into that uh, 700 range. Absolutely. And what we know is that when you talked about there's 100 million people roughly who have what we call thin files, which are credit reports with fewer than five accounts. Wow. And that doesn't mean they'd be a bad credit risk. It just means they haven't had access to traditional credit histories or accounts to show that they're a good risk. So Boost actually helps them demonstrate that they should be approved in many cases because they would be a good credit risk. They're just young or they haven't used credit before or you know, they use cash for a long time and don't have that history there anymore. Uh, so it really helps people who deserve to get approved get approved uh, when they wouldn't have otherwise. Let me ask you a question. Do men or women, which one has the, the best credit scores? I mean, the majority. Yeah. Um, the bad news for men is that women on average have better credit scores than men do. That's awesome. And yeah, and it's, and it's been, the gap has been increasing from what I've seen. So, uh, you know, about four or five years ago, there was about a three point difference. Now it's upwards of six points. Um, so, yeah, so men have some work to do in that regard. So this Experian Boost would really benefit men. So they should hopefully listen to all your interviews and this one in particular to <laughs> sign up for the Experian.com forward slash boost to uh, add on these other little uh, um, vendor vendor uh, statements and so on. So tell me about debt. Yeah, debt is bad. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of a short conversation. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, credit 
is a financial tool. Debt is a financial problem. And you want to make sure that you use credit to your advantage. And you don't want to take on too much debt because then that becomes a financial difficulty. And, you know, I always try to stress to people, you can have credit and not carry debt. So, for example, if you have a credit card, you pay the balance in full. You maybe just make a small purchase periodically every month or so to show that there's activity. Mm-hmm. You're not carrying any debt, but you can take advantage of all of the incentives that would offer. So it could be airline miles. It could be discounts at a store. It could be uh, you being able to rent a car because you need to provide a rental, uh, provide a credit card to secure that rental, but then pay it in cash. So, you know, for most of us having good credit helps us be more financially successful. And imagine trying to buy a house if you didn't have good credit and how much that can cost you. So credit's a financial tool, debt's a financial problem. And and at Experian, we want to help people show that they're great with credit and understand how to manage debt. Now, you say not all debt is equal. Like here's the, the story that you have about blowing $150,000 on a birthday that you had a couple of years ago. And then you say that is the bad kind of debt. But if you use $150,000 as a mortgage, that is a better type of debt. Explain that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Um, I didn't have a, I don't have $150,000 for a birthday. But there are stories of celebrities and others, you know, that have done that. Um, and that's just money that's gone. And if you put that on a credit card then you have to repay that plus interest. So it's going to cost you lots of money for something that doesn't have any return. If you invest in a mortgage, you have a house to live in. It may increase in value. When you sell that house, you may be better off financially because you'll have uh, a profit. Uh, if you're you know, using credit to uh, you make investments, uh, that can be a, a great tool. So if you think of credit like a business, they will use credit to purchase their, um, you know, hardware while they invest their money. So they can pay two or three or five percent interest on a credit investment while their cash is earning eight or 10 or 12 percent in the stock market. So they use their money to make money, use the bank's money to make you know, the capital purchases. I have to tell you a story. I had a friend um, that a few years ago during some of the recession bought a condo, was in foreclosure here in Atlanta, Georgia, and she bought this condo for $60,000, and she actually put it on a credit card. I was always baffled by that because I thought, who's got a $60,000 credit limit? But obviously she did, and she just finally finished paying that off, um, I think, a couple of years ago. And she was all excited because now the condo was paid, and so was that credit card. But was that was a bad was that a bad move for? Because she didn't have to go to the bank and get a mortgage, you know. So I always think that's kind of good because it's stressful going trying to do a mortgage. Well, and the, you know, the answer to every question about credit and credit reports and credit scores is it depends. And you know, if she was able to use a credit card, many won't let you do that. So a credit card company may say you cannot buy a car, you cannot buy a condo or a house using a credit card. If hers allowed her to do that and the interest rate she paid was less than she would have received for a mortgage, it yeah. could very well be a great decision. Yeah, that's true. It was. And it, think, like I said, it was back in the recession. So maybe she had the, that opportunity to do that. But yeah, it was good. And I think I think the interest rate was zero or something. There was some some deal that she got. On. But anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting story. Um, and you say that checking your credit score will hurt your will hurt your credit score if you look at that. No, absolutely not. If you check your own credit, you can checking your own credit report 
Checking your own credit scores will not hurt you in any way. When you check your report, we will add what we call a soft inquiry, and that just shows to you. So you have a record that you've looked at it, but it doesn't show to anybody else. So you can check your own credit report. You can check your own credit scores. You do not have to worry about it affecting any kind of lending decision. It won't hurt you at all. Right. And then the inquiries themselves, those can stack up and that can reflect negatively on your credit score. Yeah, that's another one of those. It depends. So it depends on the kind of inquiry that it is. Mm -hmm. If you are applying for credit and a lender checks your credit report in response to that application, it could affect your credit scores a little bit. Because that inquiry says, hey, you've applied for credit. We don't know how much. It's an unknown amount. It represents a little bit of risk for usually a month or two or three, and then your scores will bounce back up because it's clear either you got the new account and that now indicates the risk on the credit report, or for some reason you didn't. It doesn't mean you were declined. You just maybe you decided you didn't want it. There's no new account, so it didn't represent risk. So inquiries actually have less effect on credit scores than anything else that affects them. It's the least important factor. Um, you know, my personal example, I just got a new credit card a few months ago. My score dropped three points. Mm -hmm. And now three months later, it's back to where it was. It, it's essentially fallen off in terms of impact. So when you say that women have the, the, the better credit scores versus men, what is the average credit score? The average FICO score today is just a little above 700, I think 704 mm. uh, in that range, 704. Vantage score, who's a competitor there, the average consumer score there is in the 690 range. Uh, so fairly similar, and the scales are similar. Uh, so 690 to 700 is pretty close to average. And what's the average for a guy? A little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, from what I've seen, you know, uh, um, I, I haven't seen it broken out specifically for gender yeah. um, that I can recall for a while, but it was it was a six-point difference on average. Very good. Uh, Myth so. number three, that closing your credit card will improve your credit score. Now, I, I know that's not true. I mean, I know that your credit score is not going to go up. It won't at first. Uh, you almost certainly see your score drop when you close an account. Uh, the reason is what we call utilization rate, which is just your balance-to-limit ratio. So if you add up all of your balances and all of your limits on your credit cards and you divide the total balance by the total limit, you get your utilization rate, your balance to limit ratio. And for I'm a guy with a journalism degree, so that's the extent of my math, and I can handle that one. Okay. All right. So you want that to stay low. If you close an account, you lose your available credit on that account, so your utilization rate goes up. It's a math thing. So you have to get the remaining credit down on all those credit cards, and then it'll bounce back up. Though. And then it'll bounce back up. And often what will happen is when you close a, a card, your score will drop initially, but it becomes clear it, the utilization rate did not increase because you took on a lot of debt. It changed because you closed an account. That's not necessarily negative. So, again, after a few months, you'll usually, for most people, see the scores rebound and come back up to where they were uh, or better in some cases. But initially, you'll probably see the score drop. And that's important to understand, especially if you're planning to apply for credit in the near future, say the next three to six months. If you're planning to apply, it's probably best to leave the accounts open. If you're not, you're probably okay. You know, your scores will come back. But isn't there such a thing, though, as having too much credit? 
if even if you're not using it, isn't that a negative? It can be, uh, and it used to be more significant than it is today. Credit scores do look at your mix of credit, so how long have you had credit, what types of credit, as well as how much debt you're carrying or how much credit you have. Uh, it's probably you know, the third or fourth or fifth thing that scores consider now. So it's uh, you know it's probably 10% of the score, so uh, maybe a little less. And you can become over indebted. You can have too much credit. But that's usually not as big a factor as uh, some of the other things that go into scores. Very good. And myth number four, you only have one credit score. Now, most of us know that's not true because there's two other major credit bureaus out there. Well, that's and that's part of the myth. There are actually three credit bureaus. So Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Uh, Experian uh, creates credit reports. But there are scoring companies that create the scores. So you have three credit reports, but you can have hundreds of different credit scores. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, and, and they come from other companies. So FICO, Fair Isaac Corporation, FICO, it's just FICO now, is a credit scoring company. They create the scores, the algorithms that pull in your credit report information to do the calculation. So they have different scores for many different things. So, for example... A credit union may use a different kind of score than a national bank because their customers are different and they're trying to predict the risk of their customers versus a national bank based on their behavior. If you're buying a car, they'll use a different score than if you were buying a house. Interesting. Uh, so there are different scores for different types of lending, different scores for different types of lenders. Lenders create their own scores based on their customer relationships but they all use the information from your credit report to do the calculation. And that's why it's so important to understand, take care of your credit report, all of your scores will take care of themselves as a result. So which type of credit scoring then does Experian use? I mean, to get that, because you, you provide the FICO score. So when we get our FICO score, um, how do we know it's it's a general FICO score? How do we know that that's not a FICO score for a mortgage and that, is it that a general range? Is that what it is? It's so when you come to Experian and when you boost, for example, so if you go to Experian.com slash boost, when you enroll, we will give you a FICO 8 score, which is the most commonly used what we call generic FICO score. So it's a very widely used score by lenders. Very good. So you can see. Yeah. And you'll see where you're starting. And then once you finish the boost process, we'll give you a new score, new FICO 8 score that shows what's happened to that score. And we're seeing two out of three people see the, the scores jump up. So we'll give you that score right away. Uh, if you subscribe to our app, we'll give you multiple scores from FICO. So you can see different types of scores for different types of lenders and see where you would fall. The basic thing to understand is if you have a good score with one system, you're going to have good scores with the others too. You won't have a good score with one and bad scores with another. What has a negative impact for if you're looking for a, uh, a loan to buy a car with the FICO? I mean, what's going to impact that uh, positively or negatively? Largely the same things will affect every score. So are you paying your bills on time? Always the most important thing. What's your utilization rate on your credit cards? Because that revolving debt, if it's really high, is uh, the first place where most people start to get into trouble with repaying their debt. So Pay your bills on time and keep your balances low on your credit cards, and you're going to have good credit scores. From there, scores look at what's your mix of credit over time. Uh, 
So do you have different types of credit? How long have you had that credit? The length of your credit history? They'll also look at what have you done recently? Have you applied for new credit? That's that inquiry thing. But also, have you paid your bills on or have you paid something off? Pardon me in full. Have you taken on more debt? What's happened in the last three to six months? So those are the key factors. Very good. So myth number five, credit bureaus give good and bad scores. Is that true? We don't. (laughs) (laughs) We don't make judgments about the information in the report. A very common myth. We provide the information so that lenders can make that decision. So they use scores to evaluate the information in the report. So FICO is involved in that process where the lender has their own. They use your credit report for them to make that decision. Uh, And in fact, a lender cannot say that the credit bureau decided you should be declined. They have to put, if you don't, excuse me, if you don't qualify, they have to put in their declination letter that the credit bureau did not make the decision, that it was the lender's decision. Well, that's interesting. How often does that happen? Yeah, you know, most of the time people get approved. That's you know, that's the thing that that people don't realize is there are hundreds of millions of credit transactions every year, and in the vast majority, the credit report, the credit scores are used in the background to approve your application. And declination, being declined, is the exception in most cases. But if you do get declined, the lender has to provide a notice that explains why. They decided you weren't approved, as well as a credit score if they used a credit score in that decision. So a score they used will be given to you. Interesting. Okay, myth number six, a better job, better score. So what does that mean? If I go out and I become an executive at Coca-Cola, I'm going to have a better uh, FICO score? That's another one of those no answers. That's a huge myth. Oh, okay. Income actually has nothing to do with credit scores, and income is not part of a credit report. I sometimes say, and people grimace, but there are a lot of rich deadbeats out there. Huh. They just don't pay their bills? Right. Yeah. So just because you have a lot of cash in the bank doesn't mean you use it to pay your bills on time. And banks don't want to work with people if they're not going to pay their bills uh, back So uh, or pay their debts with them. So having a good job really doesn't tell you much about whether or not you're a good credit risk. It's do you pay your bills on time? Do you manage the credit and debt you have well? regardless of your income or your assets. I think that's really important to know because people that, for instance, that are working in the hospitality industry, you know, waiters, waitstaff, and that type of thing, they probably think their credit scores, you know, they're not going to qualify for anything, but as long as they pay those their bills on time, that they are just as important as somebody as an executive at Coca-Cola then. Absolutely. And my daughter works for Coca-Cola, but she's not the CEO or executive <laughs> at this point. Uh, she's in Atlanta. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so local connection. Um, but you're right. You know, the job you have, the income you, you make doesn't affect credit scores because that's not really relevant to what a lender is trying to determine. Of course, they need to know that you can repay the debt you're applying for. So income is really important in that sense. They're, they have to verify you can repay the debt. But from a credit score standpoint, the score wants to know or is helping to show that you are a good credit risk, that you'll pay your bills on time. And that really doesn't have anything to do with income. So that's just about the score. That doesn't mean that the banker, if you're applying for a mortgage, says, well, you're a waiter and maybe this job is, is kind of transient and the you know, turnover rate in the restaurant business is kind of high anyway. So that might have 
you know, kind of an impact. Or at least if that person had a, a score in the 750 range, then that, that maybe the lender wouldn't uh, pay attention to that as much. Well, right. I mean, they ha a lender by law has to show that you have the ability to repay. So if you apply for a loan for a mortgage and it's a million dollar house, but you only make $30,000 a year or $50,000 a year, they're still going to look at that and say, yes, you have great credit scores, but we can't approve that loan because there's no way you could afford that mortgage. Uh, so it does weigh in, but it doesn't affect the credit scores. Credit mm -hmm. scores are part of that decision uh, and part of that process. Mm -hmm. Myth number seven, and I never heard this one before because that's probably why it's a myth. Spouses have a joint credit report. Yeah, in the U.S., everybody <laughs> has their own report, even if you're married. Uh-huh. So your There's no such thing as a joint uh, credit report. Correct. Correct. Yeah, there is no such thing as a joint credit report. When you apply for a joint account, they will look at both reports, uh, the lender will, because they, they want to know that you both manage your credit well. Yeah, and that's very common for things like mortgages. They want to verify that together you can repay that mortgage debt. So they will look at both reports and they'll consider the credit scores for both of you in that process. But those those reports aren't merged. So when you get married, Experian will have your report and your spouse's report, and they will not merge. If you have joint accounts, that account would appear on both reports, but again, the reports themselves would stay separate. Very good. And myth number eight, because I know this is, I believe this one, because it's really not fun, but paying debt debts erases them, because they can stay on your credit report for seven or ten years, even though it's paid off. And that still has an impact on your overall FICO score, correct? It does. And your credit report is a credit history. So when you pay off a debt, the status of that account should be updated to show that it's paid. But if it's been late, it's still going to show that it was late at some point in the past. The good news, though, is that that history can change. And over time, those late payments will have less effect on scores and lending decisions They'll stay for seven years from what we call the original delinquency date, so the day that the account first became late, and then they come off the report. So if you catch up on that, those payments, bring the account current, in time you can restore that credit history. So you still have the ability and are empowered to improve your credit history and therefore your credit scores over time. Right. So even that's kind of like a, a debt that you're delinquent on. But like even the debt, like if you paid off uh, your Neiman Marcus card or whatever, and that's been paid off and been zero, that's just going to stay on there, and I guess, for as long as the, the credit card is, is open. If if you have an account and it's never been late and you pay it off and close the account, so it's reported as closed in the case of a credit card, that would stay on your report for 10 years. And the reason we do that is Basically, we keep the good stuff better than the bad or longer than the bad stuff. So if you have an account that's never been late, you've always paid it on time, decide you don't need it anymore, you have them close the account, we're going to keep that for 10 years and it will show always current, paid but closed. That way, if you have accounts that have been late, that information would fall off and you would still have that positive information there. Uh, so that stays 10 years, negative information only stays seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And myth number nine, for those of little or no credit, it's difficult to build credit. Tell me that one. Yeah, it was, and we're trying to make it easier. Until Experian so, Boost came on the scene. <laughs> that's right. And just within the last month or so. Uh, and 
you know, it, it used to be really difficult because you had to open a credit account in order for a credit report to be established. And then over time, you would be able to build that credit history. That usually meant you had to have a joint account holder, a co-signer, uh, someone to be an authorized user or add you as an authorized user. Still helpful, but if you have even one account now in your credit report, with Experian Boost, you can add your utility payments, as I said, you can add your cell phone payments, and you can boost your own score and begin to build that credit history much faster uh, and see significant increases right away. And that's really important for young people who are just starting out, for divorced women in particular, who are usually uh, in a divorce, the ones who suffer the most financially, and still, still the case, still true and can help them reestablish credit history for new immigrant populations. So we're seeing people that really have struggled in the past to establish credit and grow uh, benefit tremendously from Boost. So let's look at myth number 10. And I kind of feel like this isn't, there's some something more you know about this but anyway so credit is a measure of your value and the reason it's it's a myth obviously but i say if you have a 750 credit score that's empowerment you know what i mean I mean that makes me feel great and all that kind of stuff and those people that have that and you say why it is not well it doesn't mean that you are not valuable as a person or that you aren't just as important as someone else you know it's not it's not a measure of your self-worth it may be an indicator that you've had some financial difficulties, but you can over, overcome those. And if you've just never had access to traditional kinds of credit resources, through no fault of your own, you, know, you shouldn't see a credit score as an indicator of your self-worth. It's just an indicator of the relative risk that a lender would see in loaning to you. And with Experian Boost, you can help improve that score. Uh, you know, I still, you, we joke, and you mentioned early on that, you know, it used to be when you were dating, the pickup line was, what's your sign? Yeah. Now it might be, what's your score, right? Yeah, and FICO. <laughs> what's your FICO uh, or what's your Vantage score? And, uh, you know, but it's, you shouldn't put, you know, an emotional tie to that score. It's an objective look at the relative risk of, your credit history, what that it says you may or may not be able to repay a debt as agreed. And it's strictly a business thing. Uh, you know, so people place value on that and they'll over give far too much importance to that score. Uh, and I've talked to people that are worried about making financial decisions and life decisions based on a credit score when the credit score should have no factor in that at all. Uh, you know, I've had people say, you know, I'm, I'm, thinking about marrying this guy, but his score isn't very good, should I? And it's like, well, that's not the point. You know, if you know that what the scores are in the credit history is, you can work together as a couple to improve them. It doesn't mean you shouldn't marry the person you love, right? The credit score, though, and the, and the measure of value is truly important because if you have a really good credit score in that 700 range, then that you get the better interest rates and, you know, more opportunities come your way. And more credit lines also come your way. And, and I think on, on the flip side, those that don't have like an ideal credit score, that 
they shouldn't be afraid to really tackle that credit report and try to, you know, figure out what's dragging it down and, and sort of shifting the bad and, and trying to up the ante on, on the positive side of things. And so I think people really should, that's my opinion, I think it should really strive to have a, a good credit score because it does add some value to the overall legacy of you as an individual. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, from a from a financial perspective, that that credit score does open the door to lower cost kinds of credit. It reduces potentially this, the deposits you would have to make if you're leasing a new apartment or opening a utility account, lets you put less down payment on buying that fancy new phone. So it can save you money, which helps you be more financially successful. So from a financial standpoint, Absolutely. That credit score is a financial tool and at Experian, we want you to be able to use it to your advantage. It shouldn't be a mystery. It shouldn't be this strange thing that's out there that you don't know about and can't do something about. And that's why we've launched Boost. That's why we want people to, to check their credit reports. They're free once every 12 months at annualcreditreport.com. We'll give you a free report at Experian as well. Uh, if you need to dispute, we want you to work with us. So we want to take the mystery out of credit reports and scores, and we want to give people the power to drive them and be in control of them. So really excited about that opportunity. It's exciting. Again, you represent this awesome new product, Experian Boost, and people can learn more about it by going to experian.com forward slash boost. And it's a very simple tool that you have. It's free that can help everybody boost their score 10 to 20 points, adding on your phone bill that's paid on time and things of that nature. Yeah, and you finally get credit for doing the right things with your cell phone bill and your utilities. And people used to ask me that all the time. Why don't I get credit for the good stuff that I do? And now you can. It's true. I think it's great. Well, Rod, it's been a pleasure. And uh, how many interviews do you do a day talking about Experian Boost? Not enough. I'd love to talk more about <laughs> it. It is great. I'm excited about it. So I can't yeah, wait to uh, share the news. Great. Thank you so much. Where do you think they'll go from here, though, after they lay up roll of this first phase out? Are they, are they going to look at other opportunities, or, or are they just they're data mining? Always, I mean, surely they're not just data mining, right? Yeah, we're always looking at new opportunities to help people, and you know that some. And I've been told that sounds strange coming from the the credit reporting company, but it's really true. I mean, we're always looking at when we have information. Not only does it help a, a business, but does it also help the consumer? It's a balance that we need to strike. And what we know is if we're helping people improve their credit histories, we're helping them be in a better financial position. Lenders want to do business with you. That's how they make money. So if we can help people become more financially successful and manage their credit well, we can help lenders establish the relationships that both that they want and and the individual wants, and we can help connect them and, and play a positive role in helping people achieve financial inclusion and, and financial success. So we're always looking at new ways to do that. Uh, and you know, I think Boost will evolve. Right now, when you go in, your utility bills, your cell phone bills have to be paid through what we call a demand deposit account, which is really a checking account or savings account, money market account. Uh, we'll probably be looking at how we expand that to other payment forms uh, there. And there are other things we're looking at as well uh, all the time to figure out how we help people be more financially successful. 
I think it's great. You know, I actually use Experian over Equifax. You know, Equifax is in our backyard over here in Atlanta. And I just always liked it. It always seemed a little more friendly or folksy to me than Equifax. Well, thank you. I mean, they're competitors. Uh, but, you know, we, we want to compete on a, a fair ground and, and we, we, we want to win, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know some good folks over there, too, um, that Experian, I think we try to, we, we really invest in being more innovative and thinking about people uh, as opposed to consumers. And, you know, we use that word a lot, consumers, but it sounds so sort of technical. Mm -hmm. It's really about people and how do we help make that connection and how do we use information responsibly and effectively, transparently to help people achieve their financial goals and help businesses manage risk and be successful as well. So really interesting, exciting place to work and, and uh, to work in. Well, very good. Rod, it's been a pleasure. It's enlightening. I love the program, Experian Boost. I encourage everybody to explore that. And uh, it's, always, it's always great to learn something new about boosting your FICO score. Great. Thank you so much again for, for the opportunity to talk. I always enjoy it. And if there's anything we can do to, to help or, or chat more, let me know because I'm happy to be here. All right, I will. Tune in next time as there's always something new to learn on Ariel Talk Time. If you're a professional lifestyle consultant looking to expand your brand, gain more recognition, or to be featured with an exceptional group of inspiring professionals, join Ariel. Visit Ariel.com.